to the South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your Toronto Raptors. Now, here are your hosts, Connor Chambers and Adam Corsair. Amazing what a little bit of health can do, especially during flu season. And RSV. But, but especially for the Toronto Raptors. Yes. Welcome back to another episode of the South of the Six podcast. I'm your host, Connor Chambers, along with me as co-host, Mr. Adam Corsair. Greetings. <sighs> Nothing gets better than that, man. That's what I'm saying, bro. It's beautiful sound. You got the Raptors coaster. Or Uzi. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, wait, it's not a coaster. So it's actually on your... On I your do hand. have coasters over there. Raptors coasters. What's that in the back there? What, is that, that, is that a ba- banner? It's a Raptors bar. That's sick. Well, my my wife bought that for me when we moved into the house, and she's like, "Oh, it's for your man cave." I was like, "Oh, great!" And so it's one of those things. I love it, honey. I know you're listening. It's the best. It's sick. It's it's the it's the retro Raptors logo. It's got the it's got the retro colors. It's dope. Like that's when the boys come over. Yeah, they know what team they got to support. That's just it. The boys are coming over Thursday for some Bills Patriots action. So, oh, I wonder what team they'll be cheering for. Yeah, and I would be lying if I said I wasn't nervous. Come on, team's broken, man. Something's up. Come on, something's you're up. not. No, 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 no. Just because they're injured a little bit, something's up. They can pull a Toronto Raptors and stay afloat. They're fine. Toronto Raptors are doing more than staying afloat. Yes, they are. They're which thriving. we'll get into. Which we'll get into soon. But oh, yeah. um, for those multi-sport fans out there that listen to the podcast, uh, probably know that um, Adam and I are Bills fans. And as, if you follow us on Twitter, which you should be doing so already, uh, at Adam Corsair at Connor Chambers, then you know that we're pretty vocal about the Bills on social media. I'd say Adam more than I am. Yeah. And um, the last few weeks have kind of upset you a little bit. I can tell. I've seen it on the timeline. The belief is down the toilet. Ah. With you, it is, man. I, I know you. And with you, the belief is kind of down the toilet. I wouldn't say that. I would say it's it's being challenged. I don't recognize this team. The Bills. What do you think is wrong with them? I think it's Dorsey. Hmm. I don't disagree. I think. Uh, I th- well, I think. I think that he's kind of running into the problem that uh, Brian Dable ran into a little bit last year, which was the playbooks got to change. It's got to increase. It's got to be variable. It's got to be different. And I don't know if that's just Dorsey hiding some of the pages until the playoffs. No. I don't know. Well, I, I don't know, but he's he's a rookie offensive coordinator. Uh, I, I don't think he's really hiding anything. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate, but I do agree. I feel you. Um, we'll see. Well, yeah, we'll see. Hey, in other news, uh, this the, my basement, my man cave, speaking of, the bathroom is complete. So now I am in a two-bathroom household. 
a hole. A you hole. don't you don't have to you don't have to bother the wife. You don't have to bother the ladies when no. you're in between. You know, in between periods, in between. Oh, I guess you don't you don't watch any of these periods. In between quarters, <laughs> in between. Oh, I thought you were going somewhere completely different. I'm so glad you were talking oh. about sports. <laughs> we're fucking keeping that in. That is. <laughs> Sponsored by Tampax. <laughs> we are keeping that in. No editing. No. We don't. We. I mean, we edit, but we don't <laughs> oh edit. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> oh, what a way to kick it off. Yes, hey! actually, the reason why I uh, I did want a second bathroom installed or built in my basement is because I have two two young children, both of which female, and I just have this feeling when they get older. If we had one bathroom, it would be World War Three in this house. So, mm-hmm. uh, had to get it built while they were young, and we that's, did. That's uh, that's good dad thinking, right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good dad I'm thinking. About. You uh, you gonna dress up as Santa at all this year for the no, girls? No, 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 because then that ruins the mystique. It's got to be mysterious. We do Elf on a shelf. Okay. love Elf on the Shelf. Like this year, especially, my oldest is all about Elf on the Shelf and trying to find out where he is. And Sydney and I, every uh, every morning, oh, fuck, did you move the Elf? We got to move it. We got to move the Elf. <laughs> it's like it's a chore for 30 days because we do it the day after American Thanksgiving all the way to Christmas. So yep. we have to have 30 different hiding spots planned out. Um, Will you be, are you the parents to put out like milk and cookies and then eat them? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah. Be, you know, low key, underrated. I'm all about the carrots. Oh, the, the carrots reindeer. are a play. I, I used to, when I was younger, I put the cookies and the carrots out and then half the carrots were eaten and all the cookies were eaten, surprisingly. That's yeah shocking. But yeah. um, the reindeer get the carrots and yeah, the game has changed. Right, so now it's not just cookies and milk. Um, my wife does it gourmet. She takes Cheerios and dips it in little like sugar frosting and decorates them. So she has little donuts for the elf on a shelf to take back. Oh, that's cute. Oh, dude, she, it, the game has changed. It is no longer just whip out a box of Oreos or Chips Ahoy, throw them on a plate and pour a glass of milk and throw some carrots on a plate and you're good. No, no, no. This has to be fucking decorative for the big man in red. Cindy knows what's up. Yeah, dude. That's, I don't know. She, it, It's that Instagram life. You know, you see other moms do something. That means you got to do it. You got to be the cooler mom. You got to. Always. You got to conquer. Always. Speaking about being cool, the Toronto Raptors have played pretty cool considering their team was red hot with injuries, right? <laughs> like, if you take a look at the team, they got decimated over the last two podcasts that we've really been chatting about, the injuries have been honestly pretty brutal, especially with, you know, arguably in while he's playing an MVP caliber type player in Pascal Siakam, right? When, when that type of player is out really hinders a team. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what team you are. Um, when, when your best player is out for an extended period of time, you're going to go through some rough patches saying that, the state of the team has actually been pretty good. You know, since our last podcast, the teams went three and two, despite having those key injuries that we talked about. You know, Scotty Barnes is out for a bit, Siakam. Um, you know, we've we've seen periods where Fred, Gary Trent have been out, Precious, uh, 
we, we've had a lot of injuries to this team. But the return of Siakam is proving to be vital for this team. I know we've seen a one-game sample size, and we'll dive into it more later. But the return of Siakam has almost sort of brought this team back to another level where you're like, oh, yeah, that's the Raptors that we saw. That's the Raptors that we know. Mm-hmm. Now, I kind of want to go to the run of games where the team was pretty banged up. And I'm, I'm talking about, you know, the last like eight to ten. Those run of games, like, do those run of games instill more confidence with within you about the Toronto Raptors team? Like, I'm, I'm basically trying to say here, like, the fact that they were able to stay afloat with injuries and look the way that they've looked. Now that the team's getting healthier, do you have more confidence in them than you did before the injuries or pre-injury Toronto Raptors? Or has it stayed the same? Or are you just kind of, you know, neutral to it? I think a lot of what happened during the the period that uh, players were hurt, um, obviously this is with any team, It it's a next man up attitude. And I think the person that made me maintain a, a level of confidence was Coloco um, and still is. I don't know where this team would be if he wasn't part of the quote-unquote depth. Um, and to a certain degree, Thad Young, and I say that with a little bit of recency bias because recently he's been pretty good for this team, but earlier in the season he was a little slow to get his wheels going. But um, the depth of this team made it really hard for me not be to be completely confident in them. And I'm not saying they're world beaters and they're going to be champions or anything. I'm just saying they maintain pretty much status quo or they maintain a level of expectation that we had for them despite the injuries. Now that they're getting over the injury bug, minus, I think, just Precious, he's still a long ways away. Um, I don't know how you couldn't be more confident in them to exceed the expectations. Um, I still think the fourth seed is on the table, um, given how close the standings are, given how you look one minute the team's approaching i don't know eighth place and then today they're in sixth i think at one point they were in fourth or fifth it it is a tight race but this is with injuries so if you have a healthy team and they're performing at a high level which i think they have been i don't understand how you couldn't be confident the raptors are currently sitting at an 11 and 9 record it's five and a half games out of first, which belongs to the Boston Celtics, <laughs> sitting at 17 and four. Um, they are one and a half games out of third, which is currently occupied by the Cleveland Cavaliers. So um, that was a pretty big game, considering it was an earlier season game. It still had a decent amount of impact to it. Uh, half a game behind Philly and a game behind Indiana, which has been a surprising team. I expect them to fall off. Yeah. But it's very tight. Like, there's a logjam. Like, 10th place team is Miami Heat at 10 and 11. The 12th place team is the Knicks, 9 and 11. Like, it is very clogged up 3 to 11. Yeah. And the fact that the Raptors have managed to stay near the top half of that logjam, I completely agree with you, right? Like, the, the fact that they were able to maintain this level of success 
while they had these injuries can only mean good things when they're healthy. And it also instills confidence that if we do lose another one of these guys for an extended period of time, once again, the team knows how to play without them. Not saying that they would, you know, be a championship team, but they would be able to be competitive and, and, and learn how to play as a team. And that's always been the mantra of the Toronto Raptors is they're always a great team. And now when you have the emergence of someone playing at an MVP level like Pascal Siakam, it can only mean really good things for the team. So I kind of want to switch over a little bit to Siakam because I think we're both yeah. on the same page with the Toronto Raptors. Siakam's first game back in 24 days was against Cleveland Cavaliers last night. We were recording this on Tuesday, November 29th. Uh, so I'm talking about the Monday, November 28th game. Uh, Raptors won 100 to 88. So it was a little bit of a lower scoring game on both sides. Uh, in the first half alone, Siakam had 17 points, six rebounds, shot 70% from the field. Uh, total for the game was 18 points, so he slowed down the scoring pace in the second half, but he had 11 boards, five assists. He was the second leading scorer on the team. He was the rebounds leader, and he was tied for assists leader in the game. Siakam is only one of three players in the entire NBA leading their team in points per game, rebounds per game, and assists per game. Can you guess who the other two are? I saw this in your notes. Mm, that's why I left it there for you. I was yeah, like, they, I want, I want you to, to see if you could guess them. They don't want to ruin it. So I'm going to guess. Luca. Correct. Steph. Jokic. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. So uh, Siakam, yeah. Pascal Siakam, Nikola Jokic, and Luka Doncic are the only or one of three or, or three players in the NBA that lead their team in points per game, rebounds per game and assists per game. It's pretty elite company. And it's also, you know, the international team that that whole debate of <laughs> <laughs> international versus whatever. But that's very elite company. We regard Jokic and Doncic as two of the top five players in the league, arguably. So when you're put into that category, the level of importance and the, and the value that Pascal Siakam brings to this team cannot be denied. For me, I look at this and I think if Siakam is out again, what is the ceiling for this Raptors team? Like if he's, it, it, let's, let's say in 20 games, tears his ACL, oh. right? And you he's done for the season. It's in the universe now, man. No, no, <laughs> it won't. It, he'll be fine. And if it happens, then I'll soak it. Okay. If he has a season-ending injury, okay, 20 games in, like 20 games from now or whatever. Doesn't matter what. Sure. What is, what is a realistic expectation for this team? Like, how much are you valuing Siakam's impact on this team from when he's healthy compared to when he's not playing? He makes the entire team better. Because he opens up opportunities for a lot of the players that have been carrying the load. Um, I know minutes-wise, it's still, I don't want to say an issue, but it, the mainstays of this team are still logging a bunch of minutes. Hell, even last night, uh, Siakam was supposed to be on a limits res uh, minutes restriction, and he played 30 minutes. So, <laughs> hey. um, knowing, knowing Nick Nurse, that's actually pretty low. Yeah. He'd probably be running him out there for 39, so... Um, 
but as I mentioned before, with the emergence of Coloco, maybe, um, maybe that would afford Pascal a little bit uh, fewer minutes on average. Anyways, I digress. Um, if Pascal Siakam were to get hurt, I think you're looking at still a playoff contender, but maybe more of a play-in tournament team. Um, this is assuming rosters remain the same. No extra yeah. crazy moves. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't think like you know, barring when an injury would happen, if if it was like pre-trade deadline, I don't think the Raptors would push to to get somebody, you know, super valuable and trade away from whatever to to get that piece if Siakam's hurt, right? If Siakam got hurt, let me let me pivot. If Siakam got yeah. hurt, do you think Masai would sell? Like, do you think Gary Trent Jr. would still be on this team at the end of the year? That's a good question. Um, no, I don't think he would be. Yeah, I, I th- so maybe they wouldn't even be a playing team, or maybe I think they, they, no, they would be I think, just. I think that I think they could still be a playing team, but like a, like if they're going to move a couple pieces, they're probably a ninth, tenth place team. Yeah, they'll just, just because fall in. like even it like. You know, if Siakam gets hurt, Gary Trent moves on. Like again, we're talking mm-hmm. hypotheticals here, and that's what we love to do. Gary Trent Jr. moves on. Um, you know, trade like a Thad Young or something like that. I don't know. Like like a little bit here and there. Maybe in maybe an auto porter, depending. OG. Mm, I don't think so. My Chris Hansen voice. OG and an OG. <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, I, don't I don't think, think he so. Does. Um they that team would still be good enough in my opinion to be like a ninth 10th seed yeah i think they because the lower half of the east is so bad i think the raptors would just fall in mm-hmm. but i don't think it would be at all competitive no. um but anyways i he is so vital to this team's long term you know the the longevity the health and and we're talking about his health because he creates opportunities. He spaces the floors. He keeps the defense on their toes. The defense isn't zeroing in on one particular player, and recently it has been OG and an Obi. Um, and even last night, it should have been OG and an Obi. Um, God, he's been on a tear. Oh, he's been amazing. We'll get to him soon. Yeah. Um, the f- the ceiling, yeah, I think it would be 9-10. The floor? Oof. I mean that floor is low if he's not there. Yeah. And and that's and that's fair. Like I didn't really expect a, a different answer. I was just more curious if I guess basically would would they be a playoff team if fringe. I think I think they could be like a ninth, tenth. Yeah. Like fringe. that's I I, th- I think that's realistic. I just think that even the bottom five teams in the east, even if you eliminate Siakam and maybe potentially move off of a couple guys are just not even still at that level. Hmm. But um, if Siakam is healthy, which we would love him to remain that way for the entire season because we see how valuable he is to this team. What's their ceiling? Like, like they are they a title? Are they a true title contender? If Siakam remains healthy and this team finds the fountain of, of health. Uh. I think their ceiling is three still. And you would put uh, Celtics and Bucks? Yeah. Uh-huh. The, I hate this. And again, I live in New England. 
I am around a lot of Celtics fans, but you know, much like if you dig into the archives of the show, when you and Rich and I were talking about the the bubble tournament against the uh, the Celtics, feels like a a while ago. Oh yeah, man, it was nothing but saying the better team won, the better team won. Um, the Celtics are just on a tear. They are so good. They broke the Kings. <laughs> They literally broke. It's hard the Kings. to do. Oh, I know. Celtics Kings. Finals. Someone, <laughs> so someone, someone had to do it because Adam was bombing me on DMs and messages. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't get away from. I was having Kings visions in my dreams. They broke them. Yeah. Um, they're just so good and they're playing so well that I, I tell the Celtics I just don't see how they don't make it again especially if they make a move at the deadline, an actual move at the deadline. I don't see how they don't get there again. Um, what would their what would their move look like, do you think? You're you're around like you're around the talk more than I am, so that's why I'm asking this question. But what I, do you think like what are what would Celtics fans like to see you think on this team in terms of improvement? Well, who do you think would be available here? Who are we talking about? That that's what available. I mean. I don't know. Like, have there been have there been names that have been floated right now? Like, besides, I don't want to talk about the Kevin Durant thing. It's just that's not a trade that's I don't think is going to happen in the middle of the season. Yeah, I'm not. I'm looking at the stand. Nothing has been discussed. I'm looking yeah. at the standings, and I'm not really seeing anything. I I do know. I don't know if I sent it to you. There was an article about how Celtics should trade for OG, and I was. It would just never happen. Yeah. Um. You did. I think. I think that was like a, a while ago, though. Yeah. No? Yeah. 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 You did. You did send that to me. Um, I don't know who would be available that would necessarily move the needle substantially, but I don't think they need that. I just think they need depth. They need a big, um, a reliable big that's not named Blake Griffin, who's probably gonna blow his back out soon. Um, but I digress. Um. I think with Siakam on this team long term with, you know, health included, mm-hmm. I think they could, you could make an argument that if the chips fell right, they could make a push for the ECF. The I don't Raptors. know. Yeah, I don't know that they're going to make the finals with him. I, I, we've, again, I don't want to slander him. I know he's near and dear to a lot of Raptors, if not all of Raptors fans' hearts. This is not a disrespect to him. He's been playing phenomenal. You gave the stats. No doubt. Maybe this is the year that he actually stamps it and says, I am a a bona fide superstar in this league, but I need to see a full year of that. And I think we're on there. But he's still, I don't know that he's a 1A. Yeah, it's... This kind of this kind of falls back a little bit for me with I'm a, I'm a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Sure. And every year I watch the Leafs in the regular season, and I'm like, holy shit, this is it, this is it. This team is too good. They set records, they set franchise records in points, wins, this, that, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this is it. This team is destined to win. And they lose in the first round every fucking year. I'm so sick of it. I boycotted the regular season of the Toronto Rap of the Toronto Maple Leafs this year. Boycotted it. Yeah. I watched I watched the season I watched the season opener because to be fair it's a good one to watch. Leafs and Habs is always a good matchup. Of course. And then I was like I'm done. Like if it's on at a party or something I'll like browse it whatever. 
I have not sat down start to finish on a Leafs game this year besides the season opener. Something it's just like there there's this mentality of like you got to prove it to me when it matters. Yeah. And Siakam has done some incredible things and like you said I do not want to take away from him on that because he's playing at it truly at an MVP level. Everything that he's been doing this like like points leader, rebounds leader, assist leader, the the impact that he's having it's going to propel this team if he remains healthy. But I need to see it in the playoffs. I need to see him be the guy in the playoffs. And the playoffs are different are very different beasts in the regular season. It doesn't matter what sport you're playing. Playoffs are a different beast. You game plan harder, strategize more. There's more crafty, shifty defenses on the star players. Seven game series. Like things get adjusted mid series. Look at what the Raptors did to Giannis when they when the Bucks were up two nothing in the in the East Finals. That's no, that's like that. That's just pure game planning, and things like that can happen and adjust middle, middle of the series. So, how is he going to adjust during the playoffs? How is he going to play with the increased level of intensity? Is he going to remain healthy? Things that I need to see before I can say, yeah, this team can be a true, legitimately legit title contender. I think that I agree with you. I think they could push for the East Finals, but. I think one of those two teams, whether it's the Celtics or the Bucks, are just going to figure out a way to. to they're just, they're just on paper, in my opinion, they're better teams. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Raptors are there yet. I think Scotty still needs another year. Um, I just don't think unless the Raptors make a move again, and, the, and then we talked about this a trade deadline thing and whatever, it's different. But as they are currently constructed, I don't think that it will it will work. Um, as for your Boston Celtics, there's one player that comes to mind for me when I look at the East standings. And I look at what they need, and before you even said a big man, I was sort of thinking about this player. Um, look at the Orlando Magic. They're kind of shit. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. Mm. might be a really good player for the Boston Celtics. Not sure what the asking price would be. Don't know what the Magic would consider in this market. But... That's a player I could see fitting in really well. Even just alongside Robert Williams, I think it would be a good fit. But Blake Griffin's not cutting it, so no. it's, <laughs> they got they got it. They got to they got to beef up probably a little bit um, on on the big man side of things. Uh, any parting thoughts about Siakam before we move on? Because there's another player on this team that's really been exciting me, and we've talked about him a little bit in passing. But I just wanted to see if you have any uh, concluding thoughts on. Second. No, no, I, I have. Um, I just want to clarify that this isn't me downing him. Um, if the listeners think that, I I think he's capable of being that. I just need to see it. Um, and also, you know, a lot of people will point to certain playoff performances that Siakam has had, for instance, against Golden State. Um, Saying like, well, he proved it there. But when you have a Kawhi Leonard on your team and on the floor, it sort of shifts focus. Um, I need to see Pascal be the guy and perform as such in the playoffs when it matters. Um, do I think he's capable of doing it? Yes. We just really haven't seen it consistently yet. So on a night-to-night basis, are we going to rely on Pascal to drop north of 25 to 30 in the playoffs, because I think that's what you need to be 
in order to be the elite of the elite on an NBA team. Do I think he's capable of it? Yeah, but I just want to see it. It's fair. That's, that's fair. I, I we're we're both we're both saying the same thing, and yeah. I think that's fair. Um, before I move on to OG, I I have my notes on my phone, so sometimes I see alerts pop up. Uh, we, we know there's a lot of people at like Toronto teams on here. Uh, Blue Jays are hiring Don Mattingly to become their bench coach. <laughs> Perfect. So it's an interesting one. Oh man, Schneider must be nervous. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, but. That's fine. They, I mean, they signed him for what three years, so yes, yeah. it'd be a tough one to to cut. If, but still, you know, maybe they they want to have a veteran voice in there too. I don't Oof. know. I don't know what their their thinking is, but interesting one. Just thought I'd throw that in there before we moved on. Um, the man who you alluded to, arguably, you know, top three or at least solidified top three defensive players in the NBA this year, OG and Nobi has had quite the impressive season. I know we keep talking about him all the time. Uh, I don't want to take away from his increase on the offensive end of things because his leap on the offensive side has been really impressive. The fact that he's been able to almost basically be the guy with these injuries that have happened to the Raptors, and surprise, surprise, it's actually not him this time. And he's been able to be that guy it's been really cool to see. It's like, it's, it's really nice to, you know, if you look at, I I have the Toronto Raptors schedule up here from ESPN and they have, you know, highs of points for, for the teams is Ananobi, 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 Ananobi. And it's just like, he's, he's there in the times when the Toronto Raptors were hurt. The other times like Siakam and stuff like that. But lately it's been Ananobi, you know, 20, 26, 32, 26, 27, it's pretty good offensively, but it's not really what I want to talk about. I, I think that the defensive side of things has been elite. It's been world-class. My pick currently for Defensive Player of the Year, just with everything he's been able to do, to, to do he encapsulates what it means to be a good defensive player. Um, let's take a look at something here. OG Ananobi's defense over the last five games, okay? Face some pretty prolific scores. Okay. We'll start from most recent game and work backwards. Um, while guarding Donovan Mitchell, he held him to two of seven from the field. While guarding Luka Doncic, he held him to five of 12 from the field with two turnovers. While guarding Kevin Durant, held him to two of six from the field with four turnovers. When guarding DeJounte Murray, held him to one of five from the field. And when guarding Jimmy Butler, he held him to one of four from the field with two turnovers. Players throughout this season, when OG Ananobi has been guarding them, throughout the season, now, Jimmy Butler, 40%. Kevin Durant, 23%, seven turnovers. James Harden, 42%. John Collins, 0%. DeJounte Murray, 29%. Tyrese Maxey, 33%. Bam Adebayo, 25%. I have listed guards to centers. Mm -hmm. This is not a one-trick pony. That is one through five. Guards, forwards, wingers, centers, you name it. And he has stepped up. Is OG Ananobi your defensive player of the year? Yes. 
he's my defensive player of the year, and he pretty much proclaimed it himself. And who am I to deny the man? Yeah, he's, he's um, the guy. He put he put Serge on on scarves. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't see how he can't be. I think the sample is no longer small. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has single handedly been. I, I gave props to Coloco before even Thad Young. OG has been the fucking anchor for this team since game one. And mm-hmm. he is on a mission. Um, I don't know if the trade talk maybe lit a fire. I don't know if he's trying. I'm sure he is trying to earn that next contract. And he's just pulling out all the stops. Or maybe he's finally arrived. But the way he's been playing is just... It's not just the defensive effort. And I don't take anything away from that. I think you summarized it very well. But offensively, he is a fucking motor. He is a bully on offense. It is get the fuck out of my way. Kind oh, of yeah. play, especially underneath. Oh my God. He is bodying people. And he is just, he's amazing. He's outstanding. And I'm not even going to say defensive player of the year. I don't understand how he can't be considered for an all star this year, too. I think it's fair. I mean, look, he's he's averaging the highest points per game in his career with 19 uh, he's averaging 2.4 steals per game his career high before this was 1.5 he's the leader he is the leader of the league he's um averaging six total rebounds per game he is averaging um, i'm trying to find the assist here too but he's never really been a passer 2.2 shooting 80 almost 85 percent from the free throw line which is i know that's a stat that you love yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Important. It's you know thirty five percent from three. It's it is what it is. But he's taking more of them. Uh, actually, no, I lied. He's taking a little bit less. But oh well. <laughs> and you you know his his effective field goal percentage is is been around what it was last year. But on the defensive end of things, he's been really stout. And considering he's putting up offensive numbers as being the number one option on a team that did not have options. Right with with you know uh, at times Fred Van Vliet out, Siakam out, Gary Trent out, um, Otto Porter out, Precious out. Like I'm just throwing names in various different sure. times. Scotty Barnes. The fact that he's doing this is, has been incredible. I don't think he will be an All Star this year just because I know the way that the voters are. I don't. That's not me saying that I don't think he de- doesn't deserve to be an All Star. Sure, but Pascal Siakam will be an All Star. Yes, he will be. Even though he missed time with injury, he will be an All Star. Unless he gets hurt, again. whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to <laughs> say it anymore because people are going to get pissed off. I Fred Van Vliet could be, but I don't think he will be. OG could probably be the the next one up from Siakam if if is. there would be I think I think he probably would be I don't know if we get two in and I think it also does depend on where we're sitting in the standings mm. but 
he's he's put himself in the conversation. He's put himself in the conversation. Like uh, that 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 much you can't deny. To say that he's going to be, I don't know, but he's put himself in the conversation. There's a lot of talented forwards in the East, so he's put himself in the conversation. I don't necessarily know if it will, if he'll get it, but. I, I mean, the expectations have been blown out of the water. We didn't expect this from OG and Anobi. We expected middle of the pack offense. We expected the the high intensity defense. I don't know if we we're expecting defensive player of the year stuff with these type of defensive numbers and holding one through five to really low percentages from the field. That type of efficiency is incredible. Oh, from yeah. someone that's that's not a point guard and someone that's not a center, it's incredible. He will more than likely opt out. Is he getting a max? I don't think he has a player option. Yeah, he does. He does. Oh, sorry, no, 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 for twenty four, twenty five. Sorry. Yeah. So his contract, uh, he's got two more seasons on paper for those that. Don't know. Uh, about 18 and a half, let's call it. Yeah. In 2023, and then close to 20 million in 2024. If he so, continues this trajectory, he should fire his agent if his agent tells him to opt in. Do the Raptors offer him a max extension next year? I don't know. I think I think that I don't know because I think Shea will be on this team. And it's going to take OG. And I think it's going to take OG. Mm. Okay. You have you have C, you have Siakam on a max. You're going to have to pay Scotty Barnes. Fred Van Vliet makes a, makes a good amount of money, but who knows what happens with him next year. OG would be due for for a raise. Gary Trent Jr would be due for a raise. No, he's gone. He's gone. I, yeah, I I know. I I would agree, but I'm just saying, like, in terms of how the roster is currently constructed, right? It for me, it would take OG and an OB being moved. Chris Boucher is is deserving of a raise. He just got an extension. Yeah, for two years. Two, two yeah. That will that will come up, right? When mm-hmm. you have maxes and values of Shea and Siakam and Barnes, kind of all trying to hit around the same time overlapping and whatever it's going to complicate the salary cap structure yeah. yeah i think i think it would take og to 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 get shea i would do it but that still says a lot because i still value og highly it's just shea is playing at an outstanding level as well too so okay um i i don't know i i think og right now has earned his keep i think he's been the glue for this team um, if he wasn't playing at a high level, the Raptors would be talking. Maybe we scrape into the play-in at this point, or you Agreed. know, maybe we're talking currently before Pascal came back, and you know, whatever. Um, I don't think the Raptors would be in sixth. I think they'd be closer to the bottom end. Um, but he has been phenomenal. He's been consistent. Um, I think if. Siakam, bringing it back to this, can prove to be the 1A, OG would make a really good 1B. Also agree. 
I do. Mm. This for the for this year, he is the one B of this team. Yes. Fred would be the two, and Scotty Barnes would be the three. Yes. Yep. So slight on Scotty Barnes, he's second year player, man. Like, let's not forget that, mm-hmm. right? He's coming um, alive. Yep, he has recently. He's definitely come alive, but he's the consistency is is hard to expect from a second year player. I think we just need to understand that and maybe reel back some high expectations that yeah. some general public may have had of him. But that's the way it goes. Anything else on OG? No, no, he's great. We love you, OG. Yeah, keep it up. <laughs> he's great. That's basically it. Um, Let's get into our, our segment that we've been introducing a bit more. Uh, the NBA landscape. Or I might just label this as King's Corner. Because. Yes. Go ahead. You, you may speak. You are the King's protagonist. They are great. You have led. You have led the march of the kings since the preseason. This is so great. I can't take this moment from you. Why don't you kick it off? Okay. They're they're good. They're a good team. And look, I have no connection or ties to the king. It simply stems from the beginning of the year, me saying they are finally going to make the playoffs, and now I just want them to win all the time. I don't necessarily watch Kings games at all, at all, because West Coast times. I just want to see them succeed, and I know they have he who shall not be named on the team, and he's doing kind of well. I get it, but as a team, they're such fucking underdogs, and currently today, they are ahead of the Warriors. <laughs> the standings. Yeah, that is incredible. They are ahead of the defending champions in the standings. You know what's wild to me? The 11th place Dallas Mavericks, who are currently out of a play-in spot, are four and a half games back of the first place Phoenix Suns. That Western Conference is log-jammed. I know. Log-jammed. I can't believe this. There's There are so many teams are just absolutely jam-packed in the middle. You know, Sacramento Kings currently, though, on a three-game losing streak, he failed to um, failed to mention that. Yeah, but they are in a play-in, sitting in seventh place, uh, just behind the Portland Trailblazers, who <laughs> I was heavy on in the West. So our teams can't seem to separate from each other, which is kind of crazy. Like, hop off me, man! Like, let, let my let my Portland boys rise and. Your kings will fall to the peasants of the lands. It's the Celtics broke them. I know they lost to the the Hawks prior to, but the Celtics slaughtered them, right? So, but still, they beat the Grizzlies. They beat the Pistons. Well, everyone should beat the Pistons. Mm. They beat the Spurs, but they beat the Nets. Put up 153 against the Nets. Beat yeah, that's the Warriors. crazy. They beat the Lakers, of course. Beat the Cavs. I mean this. I don't think they're a slouch team. I I, I don't think they're going to make too much noise, but you know, it's going to it's going to be a King Celtics finals and the Kings are going to win in four. I don't I just don't know what else to tell you. 
The upcoming games for the Kings are the Pacers, Clippers, Bulls, Bucks, and Cavs. They're going to go one and four in that stretch, and then you're going to be demoralized. They'll beat the Pacers. I'll give it to the Clips. Maybe they'll beat the Bulls. They'll lose to the Bucks. You're drinking the juice, they'll brother. They'll go two, and, two for two. You're drinking the juice, brother. Two for two. Drink, drinking the Jamba juice. Dude. I don't know. I can't get behind that. What? Oh, okay. I can't. I can't get behind that. I don't know. They go one and four. That's that's my opinion. But who knows? We we apparently suck at predicting things, which we'll get into in a bit. But what else is on your mind? Utah dropping is not a surprise, but they're still twelve and eleven. So uh, good for them, I guess. That's been the weirdest one for me. Still, the fact they have a winning record after twenty three games is kind of nuts. Uh, they're. I just think looking at everything in the NBA, I understand that we're about 20 games in. I get it. But if you take out, you know, five teams, basically the Spurs, Rockets, Pistons, Magic, and Hornets, it is really, really tight across both conferences. There's a lot of parity in the league right now. Not to say that every team is going to be like has the potential of being a first place team in their in their conference and whatever. There's just a lot of like we haven't seen in years past, even at this point, we're kind of nearing, you know, we're, we're at the quarter mark of the season. And we basically see teams drop off. Like I mentioned, I know those five teams were basically kind of like we already knew that they weren't going to compete. So they've dropped off. But typically by now, we still see more of that you know, get off to really slow starts. But there's been a lot of, you know, 500-ish records. I don't see a team pulling away. Maybe Boston to have like 62, 63 plus wins. Getting over 60 is is, if, is an incredible feat and should be celebrated. That means you go 16, 22 minimum. Mm. So... I think the Celtics could do it this year. The only team I think that that could. Otherwise, the rest of the teams like they're going to be sub sixty. And if you have one team that's sixty or above, like that, that indicates that there's a lot of parity in the league. I think for me, looking throughout the league, that's what I noticed the most. It's just on on one week when we come back to this podcast in a week, we could look at the Western Conference and it could look entirely different. Yeah, and I think that's the same with the East too. Um... With the exception to an extent, yeah. of the top two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the West has been, I think, the, not to stay focused on the Kings, what were they at when I showed you last time? Were they at third or fourth? They were high. They were in third. Yeah. Um, and right now you said they're just two and a half behind. Three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. No, one and a half. One and a half be- behind third. Oh, sorry. Yes, one and a half behind third. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Three and a half behind first. Um, it's tight, and I just think this may be symptomatic of still being relatively early in the season. Uh, teams are putting up so many points right now. Yeah, and it's gotta fall off at some point, um, or at least level out. Um, I just think right now. It's really fun to have that. It's really fun to have that, um, especially in the West. It's really fun to have these teams sort of gut it out 
and battle it out because I don't know, unlike the East where you can say, no, those are the top two. We just don't know where they're going to finish one or two. In the West, it's still sort of a coin toss as to who's going to finish first. I think the smart money, if we're going to compare one and two in the East, I think the smart money is where it's at right now, Suns Nuggets. Um, But would it surprise me if, say, even the Grizzlies claw their way to first? Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Would it surprise me if the Kings finished top four in that conference? No. But I don't think it would surprise me. What are you? What are you trying? What are you trying to slip in here? Nothing. I'm just saying it's agreeing with you that log jams are a thing and it's unpredictable. And from week to week, this is going to fluctuate. Um, right. in the East, though, I think you know outside of those top two, I think we have more of a grasp of who the remaining. I don't know six teams will be. Yeah. Um. But again, it's just a matter of where you're going to put them. Um, I, as you mentioned before, I don't think the Pacers are this good. I think no, they they'll fall. drop off. Yep. I, I think the Nets and the Heat are a little better than where they are right now. Um, but otherwise, I think Raptors and the 76ers are maybe where they belong. Again, we could see the Raptors claw their way up to third. I think that's the ceiling. Um, Sixers, it wouldn't surprise me if they fall down to seven or eight, just given their coaching. Um, <laughs> and is, how long is Maxi out for? I thought I had read three to four weeks, but I can't remember. It's costly. That is costly. He's, he's arguably their best player. <laughs> yeah. And he's the uh, most fun to watch on that team. Let's take a look at his injury and let's see what it says here. Oh, injury updates on Tyrese Maxey from 30 minutes ago. That's there always nice. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, Embiid has missed the Sixers' last four matchups. Mm-hmm. And they've won three straight, which is really interesting. The Sixers have. Uh, yeah, Hawks, Hawks magic magic. I don't count that. That's very true. Yeah. Um, it's Harden. And then... He doesn't know when Harden will come back. And Doc Rivers doesn't believe Tyrese Maxey is ready for on court work just yet. Okay. He so was he was while. still he was still walking around. Oh, he's walking around without a boot for the first time. So he's still he's still a few weeks away from, from what I'm reading there. Yeah, he's a couple weeks. A while. Um so uh, you look at the standings, do in the east, you know, the Raptors just beat the Cavs again. And we were really high on the Cavs, mm-hmm. you know. Is this what? What does that show you more, right? And this is speaks to the ceiling that the Raptors might be hitting. Are the Raptors a better team than the Cavs, or are the Cavs just having? Were they having an off night? I think healthy, the Raptors are a better team. Okay. Do you think they're better than the Seventy Sixers? Yes. Okay. Healthy. Okay. I, I think they're better than the Pacers. I think yeah. they're better than the Hawks. I, yep. despite that was a brutal loss um definitely better than the wizards i don't know if they're better the nets that was a hard game to watch mm. i think they are better than the heat the heat are just one of those teams that you just never want to play them in the playoffs it doesn't matter really what their roster is they're so well coached and they have guys that will literally do anything 
to win. <laughs> yeah. Like there's 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 a there's a like heat culture is a thing. Mm-hmm. Spolstra wants guys that are all in or or get the fuck out. Yeah. He's arguably one of the best coaches in, in the NBA. It's it's always hard to play against a team that has that. It's, that's why the Toronto Raptors are always a really tough matchup in the playoffs. It doesn't mean they'll they'll win even if they're a lower seed. It just means they'll give you a tough time. And teams like star players have always said like I hate playing against Toronto. Like just their their schemes, their this, their that, like their intensity, their level. It's hard. They so, fight. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that the Pacers, said, the Pacers will drop. The Wizards will drop. Brooklyn and Miami will move up a bit. The Knicks are dog shit, so they'll they'll drop even more. Fuck the Knicks. Um, and yeah, I think I think your bottom five is gonna be Pistons, Magic, Hornets, Knicks, and Wizards. I don't think it's gonna be the Bulls. Yeah, but what that means that one of the Pacers or the Wizards is going to be a tenth seed, and I'm trying to figure out who's better. Probably the Wizards. I'd say the Wizards. So I think I think the Pacers will be eleventh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I think the Bulls get in. I think I just think that's the if the Raptors play consistently and fully healthy, I think we're looking at a three seed. Yeah, I do too. But they're one in. They're currently one and a half games back of the third seed. Uh, the third seed, thirteen eight. The Raptors are eleven and nine. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that being said, I think that is a little easier to iron out than the West. I think the West is just a mishmash. And if you were to told me, you know, hey Adam, on uh, November 29th, Warriors are going to be in eighth place. I'd be like, no, what? Yeah. What? Oh, also the Kings are going to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh no that makes sense no <laughs> no no i would have i would have said i would have said take your medication old man and go back to bed <laughs> that's, what I, that's what i would have said um cool that's that is the nba landscape and it's a lot of whack shit going on but it makes for good entertaining um chat let's get let's get uh let's get a little sweet what do you think it's time for the two sweet moment of the week here on the South of the Six podcast. It's always sweet around here, isn't it? It's too sweet. It's too sweet. Um, you know what was really sweet, Adam? Tell me. Last night's game. I loved the fact that we won. I love seeing Siakam back. Part of this play, Pascal Siakam. Part of this play is Ochi and part of this play, this movie star Bo Cruz hit the audio. It doesn't go. Hernan Gomez on the glass to Van Vliet. Here's Pascal. Oh! Gee, oh my! On a spectacular feed from Siakam. For those that hadn't had the chance to see it, our star Bo Cruz grabs a board that Adam Sandler would have loved. Quick pass out to Fred Van Vliet knows he's going to chuck that shit down the court. Fred finds Pascal. Hard to miss him. Boom. Crisp. Pass right down there. Pascal sees OG flying in and says, it's your time, boy. Throws it up to him. OG with a nice lob and finish. That is your two-sweet moment of the week. Not a single dribble. Ball did not touch the floor. It's great. Um, Mine was the Nets game where OG made Kevin Durant look like a bitch. They've done a great job. Started on this end. Limiting. 
Brooklyn. Here's OG the other way. OG, he'll shoot two. And Matty D, here you go, as you say. OG, oh my. Hello. Taking it strong and all his teammates loving it. Fucking posterized. Kevin Durant. His poster said, see you in Toronto next year. That is confidence, man. That is confidence that you know, you're going up against a legend in the league. Um, they're still within fighting distance at this point in the game. And he just, OG has that attitude. It's, I just don't care who you are. <laughs> I do not care who you are. I'm going to sun you right now. You, you can get me a Father's Day present come June. And it's just that that confidence, that swagger, that silent swagger that he has. I don't like making the comparison because everybody does, but the way he carries himself is so Kawhi-esque and it's no nonsense and it's just basketball. I love it. I wonder if OG is going to send Kevin Durant a scarf for Christmas. <laughs> Oversized? Or just a small <laughs> mini one? Just a small mini one that says... <laughs> I'm your daddy. Yes. And that's all it's going to say in there. It's beautiful. <laughs> Love to see it. Um, that was pretty sweet. Too sweet. Some, some, solid, some solid moments there. Got to love it. Two sweet moments of the week. Uh, let's wrap it up with some game predictions. Sure. <laughs> Last week, we had five, or two, I guess two weeks ago. There was It was pretty light schedule for the Raptors in terms of games played within this time frame. Basically, over the course of 12 days, they had five games, which is nice for the Raptors. It allowed them to heal up because they were quite injured. Uh, it started out Wednesday the 16th versus Miami. We won that game. What did we predict? Uh, we said we're, Kyle Lowry is going to take advantage of us, and we predicted an L. And they yes, got the dubs. So we were so we were wrong there. Uh, Saturday, November 19th, we were at Atlanta. We lost that game. What did we predict? We said it was a win, but they should have won that. That game should have went to overtime. <laughs> should have. It was should've, a defensive breakdown. Fuck Ad- that game. Adrian, Adrian Griffin probably self-sabotaged. Um, just kidding. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm joking. Uh, we're 0 for 2. Uh, Wednesday, the twenty November 23rd versus Brooklyn. Uh, it was a loss. What did we predict? No, they won. Brooklyn won. No. Oh, we, sorry. It was a it was lost. a loss for the Raptors. Yeah, we lost. Uh, we predicted a win, but in our defense, we didn't know Kyrie was going to be back. Fair. Uh, we're over three. Um, Saturday, the twenty sixth versus Dallas. Uh, that game was a W. What did we predict? We said it was going to be an L, but look, it's not my fault. Luca had to pick up OG mid play. So. <laughs> So we're over for four. Um, Monday the twenty eighth versus Cleveland. The game was a W. What did we? Predict? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> W's all around. Okay, so one in four on predictions. That's that's funny. That's the way it goes. But again, when you predict so far out, there's certain things that you can't factor in. A couple of valid excuses, but at the end of the day, um, we we got to be better here. So let's zone the fuck in. All right, we got four games from when we record next. Starting with tomorrow's game, Wednesday, November 30th, versus the Pelicans. What do you predict on this game? Before we begin, if you rewind back to the schedule episode, I said there's going to be a chunk of games where the Raptors can go on a serious tear. We are entering 
that chunk of games. I had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten straight wins penciled in. I will not waver. Do not waste your time. Four wins. You will not waver. You will not waver. Four wins. All home. That's right? so nope. No, wait. Two two away. You know what scares me about this? Now that I'm looking into this a bit more, and I think I, I was I, I know that you said ten wins. I wasn't aligned with you on that one. This scares me here. December second, December third, December fifth. No. And the December fifth game is against your Boston Celtic. No. Third game in four days. That's really difficult. Um I can be persuaded to because I originally had Pelicans as a as a victory, as a win. Yes. They go to Brooklyn on December second. They lose that game. They play Orlando December third. They win that game. And December fifth, they lose to Boston. I can be persuaded to change the Brooklyn game to a win. I I cannot be moved off of this December 5th game. That's three games in four days with a crew that's coming off of injury to me screams a loss. But I, I understand where you're coming from and I love it. Like I, I, I appreciate it and I would do the same thing if I were in your shoes. But I Here's just can't. One. I can't move off that. I will say. Th- I will say three and one. I will change this elder W and I'll say three and one. They're going to beat the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Pelicans have been playing well. To be fair, yep, they've been they've been playing well. Zion has actually been picking it up. Good for him. Revenge game against the Nets. Mm-hmm. I think they win that. That's that's also why I changed it purely off of that. Okay, they're definitely going to beat the Magic. Fuck, I hope so. Okay. Let me ease your concerns. Every time the Celtics and the Raptors play each other, it is scrappy as fuck. Mm. It is... You're going to be able to watch really good basketball Monday night. Celtics played the Nets the night before. They're coming off a back-to-back. And they're traveling both days. They also play three games in four days. I'm looking at this now. And they play the Heat on Friday. Mm-hmm. And they play the Heat tomorrow. Hmm. I think that is a much bigger challenge and much more energy being used than what the Raptors have in store. Ma- Raptors basically have a vacation Saturday before the Celtics game. You might as well pencil in the Magic game as a rest. <laughs> Oh, they're gonna lose now. Oh my god, we're gonna lose that no, Orlando game. <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna lose to the to the magic. I say they win all four. There's always that game. There's always that team that plays a team hard. The Pistons always play the Raptors hard. Yes, we beat them. But it's when you see that on paper, you're saying, ah, I don't not fully confident but they should win, right? Same thing against teams like the Pacers. You're like, ah, they should win this game. But, eh, it wouldn't be. Same thing against the Kings when the Raptors played the Kings. And all jokes aside, given the history about playing the Kings 
It's they should win this game, but something's going to happen. Well, Always they, does. They play Orlando on the ninth and the eleventh, leading up to Sacramento. They shouldn't, according to your right perspective, they should be well rested. When it comes to the Celtics, I think that's how they look at the Raptors. They're saying we should win this game, but we might not because this team plays us hard every time. I'm going four straight. We'll see who's right. I'm, I'll, st- I'll stick. I'm going to stick with with the loss, but your argument makes sense. I'm not. I'm not sitting. I'm not sitting here saying that it doesn't. Because then once I like sort of put that in, I probably should have looked at what their schedule is. And as I was as you were chatting, I'm like, I'll take a look, see what their schedule is like. They also play three games in four days against tougher opposition on paper. Let me let, look. Let me let me play spoiler. They're gonna beat the Lakers. They're gonna beat the Magic twice. They're gonna lose to the Kings. So. <laughs> oh, so oh, so you're you're ten. You're gonna be so conflicted when your ten game winning streak ends with the Kings. You're gonna be so fucking conflicted because you're not gonna know if you should cheer, if you should cry. And and I hope and I hope you face that conflict head on. I really fucking hope the Kings <laughs> pull this out. It's and gonna be can- a really good basketball game. <laughs> I might uh, like. Are you gonna? Are you gonna buy Kings merch now? No, like, no. Mm, I doubt that. I feel like you'll get a hat or something. No, no. Look, if the Kings make it deep into the playoffs and the Raptors are out, I have a rooting interest. Deep into the playoffs. I told you it's gonna be Rap- uh, Kings, Celtics, Finals, Kings, and four. Are you drunk? <laughs> oh, how many? How many beers have you cracked? <laughs> Uh, just imagine <laughs> Kings sell uh, Kings of four. No, if, if the Kings, if the Kings made it to the NBA finals, uh, what was, what was our, what was our bet? We made, we made a, we made a charity I said the Kings bet. were going to get it, finish ahead of the Lakers or make Fuck. the playoffs. They're I think, definitely going to make playoffs. I think it was, I think it was playoffs. They're making can look playoffs. back on it. Yeah, it was, it was, playoffs i think they're they, making playoffs dude i don't know oh dude they're making play look how bad the west is they're making playoffs even if it's just the play-in tournament they're making playoffs mm. lakers will rebound no I in they them. won't they are in shambles <laughs> shambles they'll be, they'll be fine um utah will drop out dallas will move up Barely, um, barely, and the Kings will start to lose games. Lakers will overtake them, and then that's it. No, no, no. Mm. Blazers yeah. are gonna fall out. Blazers? Mm-hmm. You're crazy. Blazers no, are gonna watched. fall out. I don't want to hear you. that. That's that's crazy. I'm telling you, Kings are the Raptors West. Are the Raptors West? <laughs> What the fuck are you talking about? Kings of the Raptors West. <laughs> to the West. Raptors West. Yep. You're, you're nuts. All right. Um, that scrappy Well, team. I mean, look, uh, hey, the the Portland Trailblazers don't have that difficult of a schedule. Clippers, Lakers, Utah, Pacers, Denver, and then Minnesota, Minnesota. They'll hang in. They got a couple OKCs coming up, back-to-backs. They got Houston, Charlotte, Detroit. Minnesota, Indiana, like pretty easy up until the beginning of January. Yeah, it's it's come February twenty third is when it's getting really difficult for them though. 
When they play the king. <laughs> In Sacramento. But look, I don't... Oh, and then March 29th and the 31st, back-to-back? Blazers are gonna just going to get thrown out of the playoff you're, picture. You're, you're on the fucking Pabania, I swear to God. Um, the, the Kings. Indiana Clippers, Chicago, Milwaukee, Cleveland. Oh, my God. The Kings have a shit fucking schedule. They got... In the month of... Up until... January 1st, including January 1st. Let's hear it. They play Indiana, Clippers, win. Chicago, win. Milwaukee. Win, loss. Cleveland. Win. No, you're trash. All right, New loss. York, win. win. <laughs> Philly. Win. Toronto. Tie. <laughs> Detroit. Win. win. Charlotte. Win. win. Lakers. Win. Loss. Uh, Washington. Win. Win. Denver. Denver. Loss. 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 Uh, Utah loss, uh, Memphis loss. loss. They're gonna be they're gonna be sub five hundred. No, no, dude. They're gonna win, and then January. Oh, nice over the next five games, they're going nice one and, and four. Soft. Nice and soft. Look at this. Look at January. Oh, nice and cushiony. Yeah, that is that the the first half of January is nice. You got for those that can't see Utah, Atlanta, Lakers, Magic, Houston, Houston, San Antonio, Lakers. Whew. OKC, that rounds out to January twentieth. Raptors West, bro. <laughs> this is the the East of the Kings podcast. <laughs> Kings Kings fans Kings fans are gonna find this and they're gonna be like, this, who the fuck is this guy? This is the East of the Sack podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost control of this episode. I've lost control. The east of the sack. East of the sack. Oh, I got I to cut you off here. That's crazy. <laughs> well, if you want to find more Raptors news as well as Kings news and anything else in between, you know where to listen to us. You can follow us on Twitter at South of the Six, spelled with the number six, I-X, uh, as the handle. You can follow us also personally on Twitter at Adam Corsair and at Connor Chambers. Um, I bought Twitter Blue and now I'm verified, so that's cool. Um, <laughs> no, that was earned. Uh, that was earned. That was earned. Yeah, that was yeah, it's, it's correct. I just want to <laughs> make people know that this it is what it is. Um, anywhere that you can find podcasts, any podcatchers, you will find us on. So Apple Podcasts, um, on Google Play, right? Google Play Store. Yeah, I don't yeah. have an Android. It's Google Play, right? Yeah. Uh, no SoundCloud we're not SoundCloud rappers uh, we used to be once upon a time but those days are behind us gone gone and uh, as I'm thinking about this now I failed to mention that we are part of the stadiumscene.tv network so I'm sorry stadiumscene.tv nah it's all <laughs> shout out to stadium scene. shout out to stadium scene they're, they're fantastic over there uh, so now that I'm thinking about it that's, that's my bad because um, I never plugged them in the beginning all good that's the way it goes uh adam any parting thoughts wishes anything you'd like to say before we leave no uh we are hopping back on next week uh due to scheduling uh changes so we will have a a two week in a row podcast just like old times um so look out for us there and uh in all seriousness raptors are gonna be fine they're the re-arrival of pascal is going to excel this team uh I think 
over where we had our uh, expectations. So uh, keep it locked. We'll be here next week. And with that, we are out of time. Peace out, everyone. Deuces. Thank you for listening to the South of the Six podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at South of the Six and to subscribe to our show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, we're everywhere. While you're at it, if you liked what you heard, do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Go Raptors.